Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on January 31st, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. These This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the lore book Constellations. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. And this is the really Broadway distracted green-eyed music lover. I blame you, Dino. <laughs> and last, but definitely not least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend, Ted Robinson. Ted, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Professor Part. Ted. <laughs> so usual introductory question before I hand it over to Green. Uh, where can we find you out on the internet? Uh, well, you can find me at Professional Ted on Twitter, uh, Professional Ted YouTube, and The Professional Ted on Twitch. Nice. So, Ted, you and I have actually chatted more on Twitter than anywhere else, I believe. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite lore story from Destiny? Hands down, Book of Sorrow. Really? Yes. Just, is there a particular reason why Book of Sorrow, or... Because I am a huge Oryx fanboy. That is why. <laughs> nice. And is that like the initial like entry point for you to getting into the lore? Like, did you find something back in uh, Taken King? Or were you interested in lore before that? Well, I started when, when Destiny first came out. I wasn't super hooked into it in that, in that first year of D1. And Taken King definitely raised the bar for me um and it definitely made me want to go back and kind of feel out what i had missed and that's when i found you know uh, like beard grizzly and and mylan and, and bife of course and started watching all their videos and then you know got into the maybe i should pay attention to that little banner that pops up a bit more uh when i collect these calcified fragments and I, I just loved the the book of sorrow. It was just nice. great. Is it just because of like you're an Oryx fanboy? Are you not a Zavathun fanboy at all? I no, I like I like the three of them, but Oryx is definitely my favorite. I'm the oldest of three in my family, and I feel like okay. I can relate to, to Oryx a bit more. <laughs> uh, That's fair. <laughs> I just thought Oryx was a great villain. Just yeah, fantastic. 
Cool. I just, it's so funny because you get into the, the mindset of like the books of sorrow and it just being this, this massive history that could also not actually be history because it could be full right. of lies, but it's, oh, it, yeah. but it's not full of lies because, you know, the, just writers kind of messing with you a little bit. Yep. But the, the story of Oryx's transformation and just the line is really interesting to think about on, just not even from the lore perspective, but just from the psychological perspective mm-hmm. of this struggle, kind of what you were saying of the oldest child yep. and just maneuvering through these lifetimes and life cycles that, that they have. It's interesting to uh, to always approach just kind of like once a year, you know how people have their books that they read once yep. a year. It's kind of a good idea to almost go back and look through Books of Sorrow or even like Mara Sinna for that matter yeah. and reread it like once a year or so just to see if you see something different or get more perspective. For because sure. Because it's really one of those things that things have come back up in lore mm-hmm. since uh, Forsaken especially. And now that we're into Shadowkeep and everything with the uh, pyramid ships and the Vex, you get a little bit more callback as to why are these guys here? Right. And what right. is going on? Every but, time I, uh, I read it, I always envision in my mind, you remember what like original Game Boy games look like with that green tone? Mm-hmm. I always think of the fundament in like that sort of color tone area and i just i just picture like wouldn't it be cool if they did like a metroidvania style game just based off the books of sorrow or what we know as the books of sorrow and just went and had a whole bunch of fun with that it would be amazing that that would be that would be a cool cool story to play through I, you know, part of me though, like when you have the opening scenes with the Fundament and the sisters, I, I don't know why my brain automatically populated. You said um, a very, like, in-depth game, and my brain automatically populated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back from like yeah. the late eighties, early nineties yeah, kind of exactly. thing. You want that side scroller? Yeah. Just, I don't know. All right, so final question, kind of our fun, always final ending question is, what class do you primarily play? So, I do know (laughs) there's a stigma, right? Especially on (laughs) this show and with people who are associated with this show. It's okay. (laughs) Yes, Um, Cole has her thing. In Destiny 2, I do main a Titan. Nice. So, secret, Cole is... Very appreciative of Titans. She may not talk about it. She may not. Um, she may. She makes jokes because of a, one of our really good friends, uh, Dwyer, who mains a Titan, has kind of always been the Titan personality in our group. And she is, for all the crayon eating jokes that are out there, A, he started it. She just made the joke. <laughs> also, any of the jokes on her feed that have to do with cheese... That's his. That's like a <laughs> reference to him. But uh, for hunters, she did come up, both she and I kind of brainstormed the other day for hunters and warlocks, what they could do. And she did do the warlock joke already, and that's the warlock tweezers. And how 
They could be covered in absolute dust and grime, but their hands would be impeccable because they <laughs> use tweezers to do everything. Oh, the archive gloves. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the hunters, she hasn't actually pulled the trigger on this one yet, but you might see a baby blanket reference at some point <laughs> <Okay>. for hunters. <laughs> So we'll see when that comes out. Like a Linus see, she, type of thing? Yeah, basically, because hunters have their cloaks, and that's kind of like yeah. their security blanket. Yeah. So we'll see if she makes that joke. To be fair, I think that the, the crayon part should be a little bit more pointed at, like, striker titans than any yeah. of the other two. Well, you have to remember when this joke started, <laughs> it was in the peak of OEM yeah. and all the salt that came from One-Eyed Mask. <laughs> like everyone was just so angry and it was just that mentality of Hulk smash yeah. that she wanted to capture. And the crayon eating was a really easy, funny way of doing Because you always hear about people eating glue and yeah. we know a Titan who ate glue in Australia on stage at a convention. <laughs> Hi, Log. Um, but the crayon thing was kind of fun. And I, I love actually, um, Tay from Bungie tweeted out a thing that they put out great snacks for the conference. Oh yeah, I saw that, yeah. It's a picture of crayons and it's like, it's made it into Bungie. It's canon now, people. It's amazing. But yeah, so that is what I have for questions for introduction for you, Ted. Let's have it thrown back to blue and get into the bulk of the introduction episode. Perfect. Um, so real quick, a uh, special announcement on this one. Uh, I did go ahead and put together a mind map for this episode just to kind of give people a taste of what that is going to be like. Um, if you will, uh, if you want to see that, I'm going to try my best to embed it into this week's show notes. So when that does go live on Friday, excuse me, when that does go live on Friday, give that a glance for everyone and everyone who's interested in that. And I, again, really want feedback on whether or not that's something that you all would appreciate to have or not. Uh, just again, just. Just curious if people will find that of value. Um, that's really the only announcement that I have uh, this week. Green, did was there any... I know I saw that you had put out a question. Did we have any feedback from that, or do you want to jump... Do you want to use that as a springboard after the uh, housekeeping notes? Uh, we can use that as a question, but I think that's actually going to be things that we're going to be brought bringing up in the advanced episode because gotcha, a gotcha. lot of them is more about the the functionality. Because my question, community question, was what questions do you have about the speaker? Just a very easy, basic one, and we got some really interesting thoughts and concepts that they wanted answered. So I think we'll bring that into the advanced episode because I think the introduction episode should be just the basics of the book. Fair enough. And answering more about that with the advanced episode. Fair enough. All right. Well, so I know everyone is looking forward to diving into the discussion. So let's get the standard just housekeeping notes out of the way and then we're going to get right into it. In our last episode, we discussed the pigeon and the phoenix with Tracheon. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to let us know by giving us a shout over on Twitter, leaving a comment on Podbean, or sending us a quick email at focusfirechat at gmail.com. Reviews or comments on where we can improve are always welcome. They let us know what we can do better to help create a more enjoyable experience for everyone. To all those who have already sent us feedback or left us a review, thank you. 
As many of you are aware, Focus Fire Chat is a community in which we offer the chance to dive into lore from within various titles and mediums with a special focus on the Destiny universe. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, the podcast team gets together to stream a summary for the chosen topic of that week. The hope for this is to help encourage dives into aspects of game lore within both our Discord server and within the other communities we share the digital world with. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, a central hub for content that covers a wide variety of different titles and mediums. Our full show notes for each week's topic will be posted here, so for the additional information and guest details, be sure to check the site out. Our next topic is going to be an exploration of various game genres and designs. That being said, however, we still want to hear your thoughts about this week's topic. Be sure to weigh in over on Discord, and don't be shy in tagging any of the team in on the conversation. We can't wait to read what your thoughts are. But for now, let's get back to the show. And Green, I will let you lead us in a discussion about the cocktail knowledge for this week's topic. So there's not a whole lot of actual cocktail knowledge. If you want something that's going to be like a three-minute or less type description of the book, I would go with Constellations is kind of a history slash journal perspective of various speakers throughout the age of what speakers have been around. You get everything from the first speaker that at least wrote a journal entry to the last speaker, the speaker that we know. And there are points within each, well, not within each cards. There's points within some of the cards that come from the perspective of the traveler gifting like a dream sequence. And there's perspectives of the interpretation or the speaker itself or themselves trying to interpret it and write it down, which is a fascinating thing in general. Beyond that, you see the the struggle of the speakers and through the collapse and the struggle of the traveler in particular through the eyes of the speaker and get a little bit more perspective, I think, through this book. Sound like a pretty decent cocktail knowledge of what this one is, Blue? Yeah, yeah. Um, let me see real quick. I know I threw a couple of the quotes into the mind map. Um, you know, I would say that we do kind of, to kind of delve into like the explanation that Green was kind of mentioning, do you want to talk about the tenants any, or do you want me to hold off on talking about those? I don't think it's necessary for the introduction episode per se. Um, the tenants, I mean, we can say it because it's only four tenants and they're pretty simple and short. Yeah. I was going to just read the little blurb that I had threw into the mind map for a summary. Um, Go for it. I just said, noted as being, quote, interplanetary relocation maladjustment psychosis, end quote, by Golden Age scientist. Nevertheless, the position which would come to be known as a speaker, notice a speaker, was one that many held in high authority. Some even claimed that their dreams slash visions were prophecies gifted to them by the traveler, though all speakers agreed on the following four tenets, regardless of the visions they were given. Uh, The first tenet was the traveler is a force of benevolence. The second tenet was the traveler is a sentient being with free will, dreams, hopes, and fears. Third tenet was the traveler will save us. And the fourth tenet was the traveler will leave us. Um, And the fourth tenet is a very... A linchpin, I would argue. Um, 
especially after the collapse. And I think the cool thing is, is in the same way, uh, and I can't agree, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank if you mentioned this, but the in the same way that the Black Armory papers show us a glimpse of pri- uh, prior to collapse Golden world, mm-hmm. um, we actually do get a snippet of uh, a, an idea of how much time had passed uh, because... We had a comment made about the Bray family. Um, you know, we we get a sense of the, the Golden Age has been around for a long time. We also get a sense of uh, the collapse is not a single instance. Like it is it is over um, a period of time. Reference, they still reference the collapse as kind of a... a an event it was an event but it was it was like i think it was months instead of like a day like you know like we also get a time stamp of how long Mm -hmm. um the settlement where this our speaker was Mm -hmm. from was at kind of or not necessarily was at but as long as the settlement has been there which was 700 years so, yes. Yeah. Uh, little, and so, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really, I actually, I really like reading this, not just because it gives yet another delve into the dimensions of Speaker as a character, but also because it kind of does color the world a little bit more. Um, I, I really appreciate the also the display of growth for the Speaker in regards to their coming to see the ghost. Like how like the I think it was in waking the first speaker to see the ghost and then he or he or she witnesses that ghost resurrect a light bearer mm-hmm. and a woman and like they mention that they have a flash of jealousy like they they're like oh right. like you know they I just I love that little that little tidbit because um, you kind of see uh you see the humanity within the speaker and how, you know, how it's, they're, they're not, I I also, I really like how they explain the communication that is, is present between the speaker and the traveler and the speaker and the ghost, like the, the kind of logic with um, how you can tell the next speaker, you know, if you will, Uh, which actually, gives into a cute uh couple really interesting theories i mean there's also the you talk about the humanity of the speaker even in the very first card dreaming Mm -hmm. people view him as mad because of this whole thing and he even believes he's mad or they believe they are mad. the first speaker if it's Mm -hmm. actually yeah the first speaker it never like i think the other really cool thing is i don't recall it ever specifying genders yeah there's no pronouns up Mm -hmm. until the final speak well and it even calls out that it's the final speaker as far as he knows he's not sure because of because of the breakdown in communication, basically, which I, I find right. that also very I'm like, oh, that's interesting because, um, you know, it's a theory that's been out there that he's not the only speaker, but it would also it would be an interesting thing to see a new another speaker kind of pop up, even though I think it's if you if you read the entries as coming from the traveler, the first section, um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we know that for a time he was 
the only one. Uh, spoiler and alert: there is there is hints that there is another one that has been awoken, but uh-huh. like you know, but it does it does bring this interesting concept of um, what happens if whose whose dogma would be more accurate? You know, like I I can see like this whole. Right this whole uh, tension between a speaker who I don't know, might be raised in a pacifist area meeting the speaker who was raised in the last city or who but the f- grew in the but r- even last city. Then, even then the speaker that our speaker dealing with the red war and dealing with everything like that, the speaker's position has never been one to dictate anything it seems like even even though they sit on like the council or like sits on a a judgment group Mm -hmm. type thing this our speaker he's never he's never been the one who um pointed in the direction that they should go there may be counsel given or just discussion and council led but they never seem to decide for others it seems um like, I, I, I slightly disagree. I slightly disagree because I would say that they do point. They don't yeah. force us to follow. Right. So they, they do died. say it. They they are very much a spiritual leader of the count of the consensus and of their mm-hmm. community that they tend to be in. But they are not the same as like. Uh, I, I kind of would segregate it into like the spiritual and then like the executive branch if you want to kind of mince political terms um they advise the executives the executive branch or the the military branch whoever is in control and they're mm. like you know this well, is what set up the right the military right and branch he is slash mm-hmm, that's true and he does political branch he does like our speaker post collapse the speakers have power in so far as the guardians and the ghosts do seem seem to defer to them Mm -hmm. um because we also see in waking i think it is ghost flock to the speaker because of a sense of uh connection that they feel because of the way that the speaker is in some inexplicable way communicate or receptive to the traveler's whispers um, right. Yeah, so that he 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 or she resonates with their with their you know their particular spectrum. Um. So like I think I think in that sense, like post collapse, the speaker does technically have probably more clout to pull because the risen who choose to listen to their ghost or who are more uh, altruistic would defer to him or her. Uh, whereas pre-collapse, I get the sense that like pre-collapse, the only people who really were like, oh yes, we'll do whatever you say were the, the moon X cults, you know, like the ones who, oh, you're a prophet, you know, that, that's a, that's a heavy word to throw around. And, um, like, whereas the other, like the Clovis Bray facilities, you know, they, I think, what was it? The, they described it as. I love the description. They described it as interplanetary relocation maladjustment psychosis. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's psychobabble. Like, that's that's like they're like it's it's happening, but you know, it's like I don't know. Like, I think that they they valued it, but they didn't. They weren't like, oh no, you're going to tell us how to do stuff. Like, they they used them as a tool, not a not a leader. 
at at the same time, like prior to the mask being made, and uh, you hear the speaker uh, who is tinkering with the mask say that mm-hmm. all they knew of the traveler's dreams right, was what right. the previous speaker had told them. And so in that, there was kind of um, a decision being made into not cluing everybody else in on that, and that's been secrets that speakers afterwards um, have had to bear the same weight of. So they don't make outright decisions, but as far as important decisions, I think they have made them kind of on the side without anybody really being the wiser to what's happening on their end. Right. And I think that taps into the whole, you know, um, post-collapse, like the concept of, I I love this one, but it it reminds me a lot of Mad Max, uh, Immortan Joe, you know, like that, not like nefarious, not like the, the, the nefarious aspect, but like how that personality, there was a cult of personality kind of built around that individual. It's because at its core, humanity seeks answers like they they Mm. want to understand stuff and so when you have a figure who for better or worse is like this is what's happening and this is why it's happening um especially in like dysotopian environments that have and this i mean like go watch any zombie not any zombie movie or any zombie tv show you will always have like this random cult personality that's doing some crazy nonsense and they're like what why are you doing that it's because people like there there is an un an unspoken desire in in the majority of humanity to want to belong they want to have you know their group they want to have you know answers and you have someone who offers that whether or not it's <laughs> whether or not it Fake makes it you sense make it. yeah it's it's the whole thing of like they just they they gravitate to that he, 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 people yeah. gravitate towards that um and i think you know as as such the speaker like i think it was in severing which is where the collapse occurs and the silence mm-hmm. of the traveler you know, up until that point, they had had the scientist who had been like, no, you have this psychosis and no, you don't have the psycho, you know, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. After that, all that kind of fell away. And so then then you had waking where you see speakers kind of the speakers are still present. Um, and all of a sudden, all these ghosts start flocking to them. And so, right. you know, you have this whole thing where you you already have people who have had the the rug ripped out from underneath them if you want and then you see all these like things that you know supposedly came from the traveler and all of them are deferring to this one person like mm-hmm. death of a thousand cuts leads to that person being kind of like oh you know what's going on and you know all it takes is one of them going yes i know what's going on like you know right it's right yeah um but yeah, it, it, the other kind of thing I think Chat's talking about too is one of the one of the fun theories that does get debunked, not really debunked, but proven, um, is that uh, the speakers are mortal; they are not guardians. Right. Um, they are. Well, oh, so the speakers we know so far. Right. Yeah. We do not because know of any risen speakers. The, we. At the moment, but there, but the speaker himself, our speaker, does say that 
a speaker could be a guardian towards the end of the book. There might <clears throat> yes, be a guardian. There might it doesn't be, say that he could be, but there might be a guardian well, speaker. There might be a guardian who can take up the mantle of speaker. Well, I, I think there could be a case made for our guardian for having dreams, especially at the end of E2. Mm-hmm. That's There's true. a lot of guardians who've had dreams. Yeah. Ikora has had dreams. Cade yeah. had dreams. It's just, I think that the interpretation is open at this point to saying that guardians can be speakers. That that being said, point, though, our guard, our speaker is not a guardian. Correct. I know a I lot of people like ascribing that. him to being a warlock, and it's just he, no. And it's easy to interpret. Oh no, that no, 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 no. right, right, right. No, I do that. They but mention I mean, in this book mm-hmm. is that ghosts tend to flock around right. the speakers, and that was one of the triggers on how they were able to identify speakers is that ghosts were attracted to them. Yes. <sighs> okay. So. <laughs> Do you want to talk about some of the different stories within the book? Because there is a cute little story, and I believe, Ted, you had talked about it with me a little bit before we started the show, on in the card Longing, mm-hmm. with the speaker being tra- taken by mm-hmm. drugs. Do you want to mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, that's one of my, my favorite parts of Constellations, um, being able to see that... Uh, different side to the fallen one that's more uh worried and just kind of down kind of how how the speaker and humanity was at the same time and and showing that it's not just us who feel that way uh i thought it was really interesting to see and for it to be dregs of of all uh fallen subclasses just they're kind of seen as the lowest of the low and for them to just take a speaker, you know, and start asking questions and to just kind of sit there after, after the speaker says, I I don't know what the the great machine is saying. I don't know what to tell you. And they just kind of sit there defeated. I thought it, it raised um, a whole lot of good thinking points about the fallen and how we perceive them. So, yeah, that one, that one's kind of a a sad, sadder story with it. The, the singing, the next card speaker to never dream. Uh, Speakers were scattered to the wind in the days following the collapse, and then this is the speaker that creates the mask, and now the mask has actually been, it seems like, passed down. And the first thing that is heard, we get these interpretations, Um, of course we're we're reading it via text, so we're still getting uh, text-based interpretations of possibly more visual interactions. Mm Mm-hmm or more emotional interactions. You think of how um, people communicate who don't necessarily have words or dialect or anything like that. They communicate through imagery and whatnot. And that seems to be what the traveler does a little bit more rather than speaking directly to. And so the, the speaker in this card dictates kind of what the interpretation is. I have cried out unheard for so long that my voice is raw. 
meaning that the speaker that or that the traveler has been has been calling out to speakers, but they just couldn't hear anymore, right. which is a really sad kind of just heartbreaking revelation that the traveler itself is just basically this alone entity who cannot actually communicate anymore, whereas before it was able to. And is stuck now. Mm-hmm. Put in a place that it's probably not comfortable in. Right. In building, we get the mention of Lady Ephrodite and mm-hmm. negotiations with Lady Ephrodite to have a settlement underneath the tower. Or not underneath the tower, underneath the traveler. And the, it's basically the creation of what will soon be the city or over years would become the city and the tower and everything. And it's interesting. We get a little bit of information about our speaker because that's who this is at this point. It is the last speaker, essentially. And in all of these cards, you have kind of an identifier for each speaker and each speaker or each card that has I am the last speaker in here is our speaker. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to actually read a tiny bit from our card and building about our speaker himself. So it says, I am the child of two self-exiles and I lived in a settlement in the shadow of a looming mountain. There are about 300 of us and we've lived here for nearly seven years. When we first arrived, we were under the jurisdiction of a warlord named Cathal. He offered us protection for a high price, uh, requisitioning a third of our supplies and conscripting nearly half of our people to his cause. The actual protection he provided was limited. The warlords used our valley like a battlefield, crashing through like giants who couldn't see the lives they were ending. But they could. They saw us. They just didn't care. So, kind of a description of this speaker being with a settlement of humans and seeing the warlords fighting around and just not caring what's going on. So, from there we get into searching, or no, we go into growing. And there's a nice little description, and we get mentions of Tallulah, the speaker, Saint-14, and Osiris. We get the first... uh, first vanguard and it's not a happy conversation necessarily it's kind of a tough one where they're trying to decide how are we going to continue this how are we going to keep this safe is this safe right because the city is fighting people are there the city is fighting within itself essentially it's falling apart within itself Blue, do we want to talk about the kind of big thing here with the speaker talking about the dream language, or do we want to save that for the advanced? Mm. I mean, I think that's important that we call it out. Uh, I think, uh, you know... (laughs) The basic... The basic thing that that you need to know about this is that the speaker in here doesn't confide in the vanguard this 
series of thoughts about how the dream language works, Mm-mm. but it's kind yeah, of that so. own self, that humanity, that uh, self admittance that really doesn't know, like doesn't know what the traveler wants. He doesn't like, he can't tell them that, but he doesn't know how to communicate that to them. And right. He, it's the whole idea of he's an interpreter, mm-hmm. not necessarily the speaker. Mm-hmm. The it. way that he says and growing, it's like the traveler does not speak to me in words, but in dreams. And then he goes on. And I think I, I really like how he goes on and says this. He says, dream language is cramped. The messages come from the traveler, disintegrate on the way to me and reform into something else. I am an interpreter more than a speaker. Um, mm-hmm. The... I hesitate to say irony, but it kind of strikes me as irony here is that this is also a point of contention between him and Osiris because Osiris is in a similar way experiencing things. Um, I'm not going to say that Osiris is encountering the traveler because to Osiris's perspective, like especially within margins in our last episode, uh, we talked about this, like Osiris is looking to get answers and he can't like he's, he's struggling to Uh get responses so i don't think osiris is having the same connection that the the speaker does but osiris would have been like of all of them in that room osiris would probably would have understood him explaining it this way like i i just find it funny that be him he's like i'm not going to tell you it's similar to the fourth tenant i'm not going to tell you and then right. it's it's too late and now the the situation that could have been somewhat you know arguably been prevented um is no longer it's a self-fulfilling prophecy you know it's you you created a situation in which the problem exists because you tried to prevent the problem uh which is the classic self-fulfilling prophecy this is this strikes me as one of those situations is like the the schism that exists well a large part of the schism that exists between the speaker and osiris that you see within growing within um I think it's searching to no growing, growing and building. Uh, and then also within the pigeon, and the Phoenix entries with the schism between Osiris and the speaker um, hinges on this, this misconception that one of them is in communication or in some form is getting communication and is right. a clear communication. Whereas if the speaker had just, you know, admitted, I'm doing the, like, I'm trying to interpret the best I can. Um, it's the classical, I don't want to admit that I don't know what I'm doing. And so, yeah. voila, we get into the situation that we get into. Yeah. Um, and this is that point where when we were talking earlier about the decisions that the speaker makes. I think right here is a prime example of he may not have meant to be right. making a decision for everybody. Right, but and you see that coming in, out with the truth—that's a decision right. being made. Yes, and not making a decision is making heartbreak. a decision. Yeah, because yeah. you see that in Especially suffering too, like suffering. Mm-hmm. The the very I think it's the very end, if I remember correctly. He he like basically is like, oh my gosh, if I had just said something, yep. like you know, yep. he's like ah, because uh, well, yeah, suffering is the the, the end. That's right onslaught of the Red War. Yeah, yeah because it's before the, the, Red the War traveler. Happens saw he saw everything or it saw the cage well before it and the speaker just didn't say anything and it was like i think that's where we find out that this our speaker is actually for as old as he could be is really green at his job 
Well, and I think that goes back to, you know, again, it's the the traveler has not spoken clearly to the speakers, Mm -hmm. if it ever did, um, in a way that could be taught uh, since the collapse, because there because after the collapse, I think that was in um, was it severing? Se- the difference between severing and waking is decades. Like it is called out that right. it's decades after the collapse that we even see a resurrected uh, individual, and it's not even until what singing, which is well after waking, that mm-hmm. they start crafting the mask from scrap metal. So I mean, like <clears throat> there was a dry period in which speakers were speakers, air quote, in name only, and. Right. I think, and it's. I think they call it out too. You know, there's a lot lost because the speakers are identifying. Hey, you're replacing me because you're getting these like blinding headaches. Ghosts follow you. Um, you know, there's there's something there, but none of them. It's it's a game of telephone with people who have no right. idea what the telephone is. Like you know, it's they they don't know what they're teaching. So our speaker well, even oh go for it go for it. Even in growing, this, the traveler itself calls out that it, um, you sh- there's a line, two lines. You try to shout and be heard, but there's mm-hmm. only one little star in a sea of thousands that can hear you. Yep. It only understands a fraction of your words, but it tries, and that has to be enough. So the traveler knows it's giving, like, it's trying to speak to us, but it doesn't, it knows that there's a communication, like, uh, lost yeah. in translation and actually right. that kind of i did i did went out and i scraped through all the alpha lupi text um from way back to the arg that was out before the alpha to the d1 grimoire to items uh which is admittedly pretty much only the crest of alpha lupi mm-hmm. um and then i also threw together all of the text from the entries in the book on the mind map um and there is the uh, the component that is mentioned on, I believe it is Moon, Ghost Fragment Moon. Hang on real quick. Let me pull this up. Uh, so it's Dreams of Alpha Lupi. It, it goes along with what you're saying right there. It's also saying the best voices, voices that truly matter, never allow themselves to be heard. This lesson is worth learning again and again forever. Your voice moves as a whisper murmuring inside larger winds. Only the trusted few can absorb what is necessary. Wise and sly and perfect, your instructions drop, leaving nothing but the hard, sweet rhyme of enlightenment. The path is set, your voice is unleashed. And so that's, you know, with the revelation of what we have in Constellations, I would really argue that this is talking about the speakers. Like, you know, it's it's talking about only the trusted few can absorb what is necessary, which is right. so mm-hmm. aggravatingly vague. Know. Because <laughs> right, we don't know what causes it to be trusted because there's only or what's the necessary, like <laughs> right. But like you mentioned, that kind of as a teaser, that there might be another speaker, mm-hmm. a possible speaker already, and that's because of the card growing that we get that. Right. Yep. Because yep. the traveler um, talks of, goes on to say, "Life goes on beyond your control, control. as mm-hmm. it always has." That is the curse of your creation. Oh my the god! Thing you the build last up. line. Things you build are not your own. And then another star blinks into existence. So if you remember the line from earlier, what says only one little star in a sea of thousands can hear you. So the fact that another star blinks into existence. Right. And I I see like, so my problem with that is my, my one problem is that just having another star blink into existence doesn't necessarily mean that there's another that can hear it. Because it calls out specifically that it's one star in a sea of thousands. There are thousands right. of stars. Yes. So, so 
there are other mm-hmm. stars, it doesn't mean that that's. St- I mean, there's so many different ways you it can could slice be interpreted and dice it. As a star, yeah, it could be interpreted as a star that can hear, or it could be interpreted as just one amongst an, or another like one a amongst powerful so star or something. You know, mm-hmm. which is interesting because this brings to light that ghost ghost if ghosts were truly created at the collapse or at when the slivers you get we're going to get a description in one of the other cards about Mm -hmm. the actual collapse which is wow kind Mm -hmm. of a gut-wrenching one uh plus the implications yes there's lots of implications oh my gosh implications in the very last card about why the traveler never left Mm -hmm. but that's um, what that's the implications i mean sorry yeah uh Mm -hmm. yeah so with this one, if it's another, the ghosts themselves are not the stars that the traveler's talking about. It's the souls of the of both humanity and the, I, I'm kind of assuming the Risen as well, but I don't know. He's referring to one star in the Sea of Thousands that can hear, which would be the speaker itself, the one soul that can hear. <laughs> Sorry, chat. Send out the three wise ghosts. ghosts. The child has been born. I mean, you put that in chat for one. No, I know, I know. But Drew is like, that may have been a baby being born. I'm like, yep, now that's stuck in my head. I mean, it could. And that's something that Ephrodite calls out in Mm -hmm. one of the cards where Ephrodite talks about leaving the city. Because Ephrodite and the speaker have a conversation in his apartment about her leaving. Yeah. Right. In searching. Right. In searching, yeah. And that's where we also get him asking. I like I like also the 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 relationship that's constructed between Ephrodite and the speaker. Like Ephrodite yeah. becomes like it's it's presented that Ephrodite is kind of like this trusted confidant between them because of their history. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I really like that because I, I like Ephrodite's um Ephrodite has grown into a guardian that has an alternative view of what it means to be a guardian and mm-hmm. and the, hence her departure right is because she's like I don't want to be like she's basically like I don't want to be known for just being the person who kills things right I want something more and um and so then she and goes very and she few finds, guardians have made that choice Right, yeah, and I find, well, and here's the other thing that, like, stands out for me in the searching entry, is that the speaker has no problem with that. Mm-hmm. Because Ephrodite is, le- like, I mean, and, and what I mean by that is, like, look at what Ephrodite is doing, and look at what Osiris is doing. And in in a very large picture... Like, they are doing the same thing. There's just the the means and the overarching, like, the, the granular flavor is different. Mm-hmm. Because Ephrodite is, Ephrodite's leaving the city. Like, Ephrodite is literally walking away, and she's like, I am, I'm going to go find something else. I don't, I don't want to be known for this. Whereas Osiris is like, Osiris is actually the one that's actually holding truer to protecting the city in a weird way than Ephrodite is because Ephrodite's basically walking away. And of the two of them, the speaker has no problem with what Ephrodite's doing and exiles Osiris. Like again, yeah. it's just this like this whole kind of I just find that situation really interesting. 
uh i'm not like i i again i find it a clear indication of the depth of the speaker's character really um but like i just like the whole thing with Ephrodite and the pacifist uh community that the bug huggers as they're called which huh, there's so many potential paths that 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 hook that just keeps getting brought up like that just keeps getting brought up in really minor ways and it's like oh my god like just do something Say with something. it yeah because uh, it's uh, but like again you know she's saying we're going to she's gonna look and and see if she has because he's still searching for someone to take up his mantle to mm-hmm. to become his heir you know uh he's he uh talks about saint 14 being a possibility of that he yeah he believed that saint 14 up until he disappeared was a was a good candidate i believe is the way he explained it Mm -hmm. right um well and as far as he knew like you didn't really have to hear anything to be speaker so uh, right yeah and i mean that goes back to it's like that's not a yeah um yeah, he because he, he says, I can't wear this mask forever. Right. I don't know if Saint would have liked hearing that. That that the speaker can't do what well, he's thought that they could do this entire time. And I think that kind of ties, so like that ties into my opinion of Saint and how this whole season has changed my opinion of Saint. Not, not, in, the, not in a bad way, but like saint again like i up until this season we have always approached saint as having deep faith um saint like with the revelations of this season it's like i've kind of come to the realization just personally in my head canon that saint is not faith it's confidence he knows what's going to happen in his timeline because we revealed it to him so in so far as like the previous iteration of our understanding of saint's character i think that would be a a a a paradigm shattering revelation in this iteration of saint i don't know if it would you know like i don't know i'm not gonna say it wouldn't be a shock but i don't see it necessarily as like being this like you know oh there goes saint like he's gonna get you know like i don't i don't see saint just kind of losing it if the speaker was like i can show you how to become the the leader um, and Dino is making a point too. Like he's he's he also calls out that that would not be the usual way, but because of Saint's gentleness, like because of his his demeanor and his his um, his personality, which again is just like this really annoying perfect paradox. Because the only reason Saint <laughs> exists that way is because we jacked with the timeline. But um, yeah. you know, but because of that, he calls out that saint is he has the personality for it but having a personality for it doesn't mean that you have the skills for it right and and well, so i can see saint being more willing to hide that truth yes. and yes. especially that that fourth tenant just yes. for the sake of if the people city. knew that then it would be hysteria um but i 100 percent agree with that th- I, that I would can still s- be no, I don't think he would have been like, sure, like, let's do this. that. I still think it would have been something that coming from the speaker who was still, they have this father son 
relationship, a very close one, and to learn that that's kind of been somewhat false would still have hurt him. Like I don't, I don't think he would have been shattered, like you said, and like run away forever. I think he probably would have come back and eventually done it, but it would have changed how he perceived the speaker from then on if he was able to see him again. Right, and I think. I, I agree with that because I think, <clears throat> and I don't mean to put this in a pun form, but I think that Saint would have been more than willing to put the mask on yeah. and put yeah. put that mask on. You know, like I think Saint, again, because of what Saint knows, he would have been okay. He, well, he wouldn't have been okay with it, but he would have accepted that if that's a thing that needs to be done For to the save the good. city. Yeah. Um. Saint is what Zavala and Saint is, I don't know, Zavala is more aggressive. Saint is the, I'm going to do this because I have to, and there's no hubris, there's right. no... Zavala is militaristic. Just, Zavala has the military brain, the military acumen. Saint is focused on the altruism that the speaker values. Both right. are necessary components, though. Yeah. Yes. I mean, But I mean, I agree, Zavala is more aggressive i guess would be the closest word but zavala is more he reactionary i think is a better i don't know if because it seems like saint is has saint gone out and done things with initiative well again following the directions again saint saint is such a loaded character because with the again with the revelations of what happened this season saints right. a lot of saints decisions are like i'm like eh, okay so you were be- you became Leroy? a legend yeah you became <laughs> a legend but you really are kind of a very thinly veiled leroy jenkins in some situations yeah. <laughs> because i'm like eh, i mean okay like i i not not to detract from what's but saints character but like the remove the replacement of faith as instead of knowledge in that demeanor but the thing lessons is there's still to a, a degree. an amount there's an amount of faith that they have that saint still has to contain because even though saint has quote unquote seen the future aspect of what's going to happen and knows that it's going to come to pass as we go into the infinite force we know that we can change things is it literally the the destiny the predetermined aspect that gives him i think there's still an, a slight amount of faith because i i know oh, i would struggle with that yeah no and i and i mm. i guess see i guess i look at it as the merchant alchemist gate situation where it's it's hard for me to not it's hard for me to not see the development of Saint's character as a direct result of us messing with Saint's character, which was a direct re- like. There's that that paradox, right? Right. right. Um, I just I find that I find that interesting. There, um, he's not as Brother Vance as we thought he was. Yes, yes, exact, yes. Which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's also right. not necessarily, I mean, well, and it's not necessarily a good thing either. Like, I mean, there's, there's some, like, there's a, tr- there's some pros and cons with that. Um, but yes, that, well, yeah. that is a really, yes. Yeah. That was a very good way of putting that. <laughs> 
I think we should kind of wrap up the intro because I know in the advanced session we're going to have a lot of a lot more to dive into because there's so much revealed in these cards, mm-hmm. so many nuances. And there it's not very long. This book is actually really short. So it's between really now fun. and Friday. Yeah, it's really fun to mm-hmm. read too. Between now and Friday, for those of you listening on the podcast form, not in the live version, please do yourself a favor and if you haven't read the book, go and read it because what we're going to dive into in the advanced episode is going to be a lot more than just this basic overview. So if you're going to join us for that advanced episode, please read it yourself at least once. I suggest at least twice because you're going to miss things the first time through that you're going to pick up the second time. So you have homework. It's a fast read too. Like it is 15 minutes tops. If that blue, uh, yeah, let's just roll into shout outs then. Cause I mean, I agree. I, I, I definitely agree that before we're jumping into the advanced session, getting, getting a, at least a decent grip on source material is always, is always helpful. Um, but for, uh, introductory session shout outs, green, do you want to lead the charge on that one? I am going to shout out. I'm going to shout out Mr. Man-at-Arms, Rick, who has both revealed to me things that should never be revealed and (laughs) has made a point of messaging me on a fairly regular basis. Almost every morning I get a message from him of a a funny tweet that he's put out just because he wants to like poke at me a little bit, I think. But also because he pokes at blue and he knows I find it hilarious. He pokes at blue. So shout out for you for like making me smile a little bit each day. Love you, Blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ted, what about you? Um, I'd like to shout out everybody who um, on on Twitter uh, reached out to uh, iFateBringer. There was a, a rather worrisome uh, tweet I saw that the... they sent out yeah. last night. Um, and from what I could tell, there were just so many people in the community who reached out and it gave a lot of positive vibes. Um, and from what uh, I've seen through other people's posts and stuff is that uh, I fate bringer is doing fine and is with family and stuff like that. So I think that's definitely a point that we should applaud for the community. Yes, definitely. I saw, I saw the tweet. Uh, I think it was earlier today that they put it out that everything right. everything is okay and that they are they're all they're getting through it um yep. which is i think is yep. what they said but yeah um yeah i mean a big a big shout out to to you ted for for jumping on with us and and chatting with us uh yeah no problem appreciate i appreciate this everyone's is, uh yeah. willingness to jump on um green speaking of which do we need to put out a call for scheduling people are we still good on schedule we i will be doing that yeah of next month that is the next time yeah that's one of the things that i have at the beginning of february that i want to do but i wanted to wait until we got through these episodes so if you are interested in being on the show uh you can dm me through a very variety of sources you can either hit me up in the discord you can hit me up 
at focusfriedchat at gmail.com. Blue will forward those on to me. <laughs> or you can even email me at my own personal email, which is greeneyedmusiclover at gmail.com. Twitter, you can just hit hit me up there. Or if you're not a Twitter person, go through those other avenues. And the, the, website will, thing the website is, will route stuff to us as well. Yeah, so I will be doing an official call-out probably sometime, well, when this airs, probably sometime in the beginning of the following, this following week. So it would be the week of the 10th is when I was planning on putting cool. a call-out. So Awesome. Well, yes. well, everyone, thank you for your time. Uh, and until next time, remember, with wisdom, we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.